Jocelyn Delkin, and this is On The Line, my podcast where I call my friends living around the country to talk all things life and NBA hoops and whatever else is going on. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at ontheline underscore pod. I'm on Instagram at ontheline_pod. You can send me any questions about the NBA playoffs, about your life, about your fantasy team, about whatever at ontheline_pod at gmail.com. Last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show in iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. My guest today is the incomparable Ben Craw. Ben is a video producer and an editor at Vice and Vice News. He's one half of the tandem known as Smash TV. Ben is a hardcore NBA fan. He's a LeBron James diehard. He loves the Knicks. Let's give a call to Ben Craw. Oh, man. On the line. Ben Craw, how's it going? What is up? Uh, not too much. What's going on with you? A little late night post-game pod. <laughs> a little late night little, post-pod, yeah. A little, little uh, pod after hours. Wow. So we are wow. talking, this, this is, is Wednesday, Wednesday night. This is 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. The yep. Boston Celtics just defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 114-112 to in Game 5 of the second round series. So they're going to advance. Holy the crap. Game 5. Holy yeah. crap, Ben. That was a freaking incredible game. That was that incredible. Was like, um, uh, I mean, I, I have a bunch of different stuff I want to talk to you about, but I think we should just hop into it with the rapid reacts to yeah, uh, yeah. what let's we... Just cl- let's just clear the air yeah, here a little dude, bit. Let's we're, just, all, yeah. we're all going through some stuff. So I got, the this... box score, I got the box score in front of me. I can hit you with anything you need, but before we even like dive too deep into individual stats and numbers, like anything that jumps off at you, anything that jumps off the page at you about the game, I mean, my my gut reaction was like, if if Philadelphia pulled off that game, yeah. I was ready to say like, this could be the team that comes back from three zero. The, really? the first team. Oh wow! It just it just felt like such an emotional, like gritty, like you know, they made so many mistakes, and just kept clawing back and clawing back, yeah. and you know, like the the so truth be told, I only listened to the vast majority of the game, and then yeah. as I mentioned to you earlier, I I tuned in um, just for the final five and a half or so minutes. Um, <sighs> yeah, but it just it just seemed like what was they the just kinda, what, what was the radio experience like? Like wh- oh, the radio was fun. I don't know if you ever listened to the um, so I you listened know, to, to yeah I listened to Knicks games as a kid all the time on the radio, and like oh, well, it's course, very yeah. fun. Yeah, it's very oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all it, it's um, it's totally dependent on the quality of the announcer, though. Of right, course, right. Um, we were blessed with, of course, um, with uh, you know the great Walt Clyde Frazier and and Breen. Um, and Breen, right? Before Breen was even on TV, before he was national, before he was even on MSG. That's right. He was on he was on uh, radio. Anyway, WFAN. Yep. Uh, shout out to them. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so yeah, um, NBA TV, TV gives you the choice of listening to either the home or the away announcer, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Love, love making that choice, you know, when I tune in. Sure. Uh, so I went with the, with the, with the Philly guy, which is like, you know, fun. I, it, it just sort of felt like if it's going to be a game, it's going to be more exciting to hear the emotional, um, like, Philly yeah. guy. 
Yeah. And, um, and I like the Philly, uh, announcing because it's just one guy, which is, which is always sort of a different experience from, you know, the, the usual. Oh, wait, they, two. Don't, they don't have like a color guy. They don't have a color no, guy. No, it's oh, just a, wow. it's just a one man, uh, show, which I always am so impressed by. That's but on top of, of that, this guy, he, he sort of has like just the slightest hint of Jesse Ventura to his voice. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Great. <laughs> really, yeah, like especially for this matchup, uh, you know, featuring Joel Embiid just felt so appropriate. Yeah, it's a um, nice touch. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So he's great. I forgot. I wish I knew his name off the top of my head, but uh, I don't. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, so that was fun. And it just, you know, obviously you don't get, you know, close to the full experience there, but, you know, you, I can kind of tell that it, you know for most of the second half third quarter it sort of seemed like you know it's like a 10 point game eight point game i was like doesn't look like it's happening for uh for philly and then um by the time i was ready i was like doing some chores and by the time i was finished up it was like you know uh like a two-point game so i was, I was ready to get in there hey that's um, tom mcginnis on the sixers radio tom mcginnis shouts to tom mcginnis yeah there he, it is does a great job. Yeah. Um, that guy's awesome. If you ever uh, want to listen to some Philly basketball, make sure you check out Tom Gens. All right. So at, um, at a certain point, you switch over to the the, the stream, the Reddit yeah. stream. Yeah. So I, so I tune in via Reddit. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, not that that's illegal or anything. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, it just, it just like, I mean, just so many, so many big plays. Like, I, like one of the, uh, you know, first moments I remember was my man, Dario. Uh, Sharich hitting the, hitting a big three, yeah, man. and then he came huge, huge three to put him up by like four, I think at that point, and right. then he had that like over the head when he just pinned dude, down the backwards over the head like <laughs> layup, like dude, what? he pinned his man so far into the hoop. It was just like, let me just say, I am so proud of that guy. Like as like I the biggest him. cheerleader, I, so I think like we're the two biggest cheerleaders in the Dario Sarich fan club. Yeah. Like he really did us proud in this series God. and the, on the the season on the whole, he's just been great. But I yeah. feel like he was always like their secret weapon. Yeah, that really talked about. But he very much like arrived this year and in this playoffs. Like tonight, he had twenty seven points, ten rebounds, four yeah. assists, a block, and a, a steal. Eight for fourteen. Eight for fourteen from the field three for three from three i mean just and the hair lip everything man it's just it's all come together for dario we're so happy for him we love love dario yeah he's the man um so yeah he made me proud and then yeah it just looked like they were they just kind of knew what to do all of a sudden they just started making mistakes and then i mean boston just gotta give them so much credit you know they just they just didn't they didn't back down um you know know, incredible play from smart uh that that al you to horford where al horford suddenly suddenly looked like like... seven of murray stoudemire i I didn't even know he could still like catch out i know it was like uh, al horford's knees are touching the rim (laughs) when he's on these dunks that was insane insane Yeah. yeah i mean I mean, God, the energy in the building, man. I mean, it's just like, it's so cliche. I don't, I don't even know what else to say, but it was just like the, that's one of my biggest takeaways is the energy in the building felt like an elimination game, but you wouldn't know that you wouldn't know that it was like the, the Boston fans were just knew they could not afford to lose the game. You know what I mean? Like they did not. Yeah. The the fans knew game six going back to Philly. They did not want to go back to Philly. And then a game seven when it's like, yo, this could, we could make history with Embiid and Simmons. Don't even want to go down there. TJ McConnell just can't like, you know, like that guy's got an energy that you can't control. Yep. Like if you're on the wrong side of that momentum, like you could, you could, yeah, that could have been, I mean, I was just like, this is, I could see it happening. I could like visualize it all unfolding. And I'm like, 
Right, because you never Boston never felt like a team that should have been up three zero to begin with. So you're no. like, the so, first team that ever comes back from down three zero, it's going to be one of those weird fluky things where yeah. it's like they're pretty evenly matched, and then one team jumps out to a crazy lead, kind of unexpectedly, and it was like, yeah, anything could happen here. So anyway, Dude, great for it, Boston, though. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, look, they are they are so deep and so underrated. But doesn't it also feel like we have to? Part of the narrative on this series needs to be a little bit that, yeah. Philadelphia kind of choked it away or blew some opportunities, yes. But uh, the big thing to me was like they only really woke up in game three. Like I, I, yeah. I really felt like Philadelphia underestimated. They were on cruise control a little bit for the first two games. I don't think mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. they took the Celtics seriously enough. I certainly didn't take the Celtics seri- seriously enough um, not, in, in, yeah. the first, in the first game or two. And it really felt yeah. like only in game three, which they still lost when they were like, fuck we need to beat these guys we can't afford to lose we're sp- we're supposed to be the young like up-and-coming team that's gonna make the finals and it just it didn't happen and the fact is like yeah. they, they, they were sloppy like they, and and for that matter they've been sloppy the whole playoffs they were sloppy against the heat they were turnover prone ben simmons like his his deficiencies were exposed like his shooting his shooting woes were um like came to the forefront in the first couple of games of the series um, yeah. Even Embiid, you know, Embiid had like a couple of p- critical turnovers that last possession towards the end of this game five. Like, oh, yeah. Mikhail said it on the telecast. It's like, you have to dunk that ball, man. Like, yeah. you can't yeah. go up soft. Aaron Baines was on him and he just, yeah. he bunny, you know, like he had like one of those little bunny things and it just yeah. didn't drop and you got to flush that ball at the rim. I and, mean, same thing that happened to Valanchunas. Valanchunas. Like, yeah, man. And then the obviously, you know, the, 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 uh, the original, the archetype, the godfather, Charles Smith, uh, oh, you know, like, yeah. how can you got to, you just can't, yeah, you can't let those moments happen to you. And, uh, but you know, that's like, it's a cliche, but it's like, Hey, you know, not, not quite ready. Not, you know, one year away from, from being ready for the big stage. But I mean, I'm just like, I'm kind of excited because that was a a super exciting series for a four, one, you know, pretty much blowout on paper. Yeah. And like, if, if it's that exciting, you know, the, the, like for the first year that these two teams square off, like, we're just we're we're gonna see so many great series yeah. with these two teams. Like, I over will the next say this decade plus. Yeah, so where I I feel pretty like ah just like emotional and all the synapses are in my brain are firing about like both of these teams and yeah I'll say man like the Celtics really took care of the Sixers in this series and they were without Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And so if I'm the Sixers, I'm not, I'm not saying I know what the move is. I, I know what the obvious choice is, but I think they have to upgrade that roster. Like, Oh, they do. Like, but the thing is that gonna, they will, they, they have, they have yeah, so many like pieces the, and, and salary cap. And, totally. Yeah. And they're going to get better just by getting older. You know what I mean? Like Simmons and That's Embiid, Simmons and, and Embiid are going to grow so, much from this experience of losing and and feeling awful and beat i think is gonna like he's gonna live with that missed layup at the rim for all totally. summer all summer totally. yep. and and hopefully like, him. he's gonna come yeah, back man. hungry and that's great and hopefully they like they learn from it and it just gnaws at them and they they grow from it and become better but also i don't know i would look at ways like ways to improve the roster i don't i, I don't have all the answers and 
I, I know everyone's going to say like, oh, it's LeBron, it's LeBron. I don't, I don't even know if it's LeBron, but or I don't know if LeBron is interested in playing with the Sixers for that matter. Mm. But um, I I just... Do you think they need to make like shit, a major man. splash like this summer? I, not even not even wait for like, you know, the quote unquote, the process to like keep keep developing. They need to like... I think the process uh, is here. Like the process is here. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not saying the process is... I don't, I'm not saying they're done processing, but uh, <laughs> I think like... If the long-term plan is Simmons, Embiid, Sarich, and Covington, and sprinkle in like TJ McConnell and JJ Redick, mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. and, and, don't don't forget about Marco Fultz. Oh, now. and Fultz, and Fultz, and yeah. Fultz. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Fultz, <laughs> and Fultz, and Fultz. Um, one of one of these uh, days he'll be ready to play basketball. Yeah, no, I mean, if that's the case, though, I'm still not sure that gets passed. Look, dude, I mean, Jason Tatum. Yeah, no, they definitely d- need to add another piece. Well, it yeah. just based on the competition alone, like Jason Tatum, um, uh, Brown, Kyrie Irving, Hayward, right. Terry Rozier, Aaron Baines, Horford, Semi Ojale, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart. Uh, Greg Monroe didn't even play in the game last night. Shane Larkin hurt himself. He didn't play like that team in Boston is going to be good for a while. They're deep. Uh, Other than Horford. And I mean, even like Kyrie's, you know, got obviously the injury concerns. He's not that old, but Horford's really the only guy on the team who's like, and he played like, yeah, man. And he played, he played young. Like he, I mean, there, there were games, let's be real where he outplayed Embiid. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, Embiid had some like flashy stats, whatever. But if you're watching the game, you can see it with like the, your naked eye. It's like, oh, that's the you know, Horford is the more savvy, playoff ready guy. You know? Yeah, and, he's so he's so savvy. Yeah, such he just a, he like outthought him. He outthought Embiid, and uh, he he was always making like the smart play. Mm-hmm. So, Speaking of which, Marcus Smart. He's he. How old is he? How many? Uh, he, years is he? Uh, he's been in. A, I want to say he's been in the league three or four years. And he all right, played, so he's he, also young. Yeah, he played maybe two or three years in college. I want to say he's south of like twenty five. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe God. he's twenty five years old. He he's believe, like a little mini Draymond, dude. That guy, <laughs> totally. Is like, yeah, he's. I, I he's didn't really. Back. I hadn't seen much of him this season until checking out the playoffs. But uh, yeah, he is so valuable. My God. Yeah, we were talking. Uh, we were talking yesterday about how I want, how I want the, our Knicks roster to just basically be a football team, and yeah, um, yeah. a Marcus Smart could totally play for the football Knicks. Like, Specifically, I want them to be like like the like the mid eighties, early nineties New York Giants. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like everyone, basically, like just like power football. <laughs> yeah. I want a strong want offensive be, line. Be yeah. <laughs> get me, get me a point guard. Get me a point guard slash quarterback who's like a game manager. He's not going to make yeah. any risky plays. Just feeds the rock to 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 my you know three hundred pound tailback. <laughs> Give me a hard nose blocking fullback. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I want I want time of possession. I want I want us to lead the league in time of possession. That's what I want. No doubt. <laughs> the Knicks to be their number one Jeez. stat. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I'm just still reeling from this game, man. I yeah. What a series. A what a series. Yeah. yeah. Bravo. Uh, I don't even I mean it's it's hard to divorce my um or I guess reconcile my pure unadult, unadulterated hatred for the city of Boston and all of their of sports franchises oh, we with hate like Boston. Yeah. my actual like pretty genuine admiration for m- most of if not all of the players on this team. Yeah, dude, if you didn't know the jer- like if the if the jersey didn't say the name Boston on the front, they would yeah. just like they're so likable and so easy to root for. They're a pretty hard team to root against yeah. unless you realize that they're from Boston. Yeah, yeah. And Brad Stevens who's just like completely emotionless. <laughs> I love yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just like a robot 
robot. He's just like some like robot genius. Yeah, he's at least half robot. Oh god! All right. Did well, you hear about how he got no? Uh, did you see that the the, the, yes. the coaches? Yeah, not a single vote from his fellow coaches for coach of the year. That's pretty baffling. So good. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll do a little dissecting of the Raptors in just a bit, but if you guys oh, haven't oh, heard, if the, if the audience hasn't heard yet, Dwayne oh, Casey, boy. Dwayne Casey, head coach of the Raptors won the coach of the year award. Um, eight coaches received, uh, received. Well, votes. Let's, let's clarify, not the NBA coach of the year award. This okay. is separate. It's the, it's the coaches kind of like the players coaches <laughs> choice. Right. Right. Which right. I didn't even realize was a thing. I guess they only started this. Like, a I know I had ago. to, I had to Google. I was like, is this the real coach of the year award <laughs> no. um, but uh but it's fun uh, that they do it I, guess. I pulled this i pulled this quote from brad stevens it just made me laugh he said the way that thing works is you get one vote and i'm telling you i looked at the sheet and there's no way that i would have voted for me over any of the other 29 people said brad stevens <laughs> oh. and the guy that should have won it got it and the other guys that got votes they're unbelievable i'm stealing from those guys all the time it's so incredible to have an opportunity to be one of the 30 i mean he's computer programmed to say oh on my show. god you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like why don't you just run for office like yeah brad yeah stevens. like yeah apparently has like absolutely no ego or sense of envy but yeah i love it jesus hey Cross. So we have, uh, what has it been? It's been a couple months since I talked to you on the pod. We got mm-hmm. a couple things to, to, that's jump. right. I'm a returning, I'm a returning guest. Uh, you are my second returning guest. It's been a couple months since we talked. I, I mean, I kind of, I don't know where to begin here. I mean, part of me thinks like we need to talk fantasy basketball, but my God, so uh, much has happened. <laughs> should we quickly explain for the audience? The last time we hung out was last Friday. What we mm-hmm. just, just a quick snapshot of what we did last Friday. Should we break it down? Yeah, um, if, you, if you're so inclined, by all means. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so every couple you know, months, we have a beer club with some of the boys. A little, a little peek behind the curtain. A little into peek our, behind uh, the curtain. Into we, our off podcast life. We get together with some of the boys and um, for for a beer club, and uh, we debate one name. We pick one gentleman's name, and uh, we create a tournament of sixty four. Mm-hmm. And debate. This started years ago. As I don't even like. It started out originally as just let's get together and drink beer. Yeah. And then like one time someone was like, who's the oh, best? let's, who's the best, like whatever, yeah. Cliff or yeah. something. Yeah. And we, and we had like, you know, everyone, it was like totally unstructured and like a few of us like threw some names out and then right. we like argued about it drunkenly and like yep. forgot about it. And then like years later we were like, all right, let's do this, but let's do it for real. Let's be committed to the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's do it as a 64 team tournament with an actual printed out bracket so our friend sean comes with a uh an empty 64 team bracket ncaa style and uh some colored pens and pencils and (laughs) we fill out a a, a giant bracket of 64 teams over several beers this past month we debated the best dave david davy and um Mm -hmm. some of the names of notes we came up we had uh hyde pierce david hyde pierce we had uh davy crockett bowie made there made made the cut super dave crockett made made an epic run into the elite crockett got to the elite eight i was really happy with that yeah Yeah. uh letterman david lynch david byrne david brent brubeck Chappelle, david sedaris Mm -hmm. did you Um, mention super dave super dave was a powerhouse super dave what did he get to the final four Elite Eight. I think he was Final Four. Yeah, he got he, he got real it. far. Yeah. And then who was it? Okanuski? David Okanuski? That was the guy from Voresville. Right. <laughs> we had a shout a little, out. A, yeah, a little... A little, uh, a little hometown uh, love. You know, 
little in-joke there for you Voorheesville residents uh, that are listening. We had a Hasselhoff, a Copperfield, a Coulier. We had Dave the Movie, Dave Thomas uh, of, of Wendy's Acclaim. So a lot of fun. What, what was our finals? Letterman v. Bowie? Oh, don't forget about uh, the cutout of David Boreanaz. Oh, fuck, yes. David Not Boreanaz. David Boreanaz himself. The cardboard cutout. The cardboard cutout. Uh, that our friend Billy used to own. So good. So yeah. good. Oh, it was an times. epic tournament. Fun yeah. times. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk fantasy hoops. That's 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 a uh, that's fantasy Dave's. Now let's talk fantasy hoops. Um, wow. So the last time we talked, you were just entering the playoffs, I believe. Um, you yeah. were the clear number one seed in our league. You went on to win the league, and you are now, you know, you you won in dominant, commanding fashion. Can you, um, you can you reflect a little bit how your life has sort of evolved and changed since you've won the title? Um, gosh, it's Do you so feel hard. Different? It, I. I do. I think about it often. It gives me like a little moment of joy every now and then. So I wake up, you know, most mornings sad that I'm not playing fantasy basketball anymore. Because, sure. and I'm and I'm and like most days I'm I'm like literally like still going on fantasy wow. sites just to be like, oh, what kind of news is there that wow. might affect wow. the trap and like whatever five months from now. Um, yeah. So I kind of I think I may have caught the bug a little bit. Uh, sure. It, it appears uh, this past season, but um, so yeah, to make up for the the kind of loneliness and sadness of not actually getting to play, I get to reflect on my year, which yeah. which really did feel feel pretty magical. I'd never won before. It's not like you know I'm just some perennial no. you know dominator who just like this isn't like a big it, it and was you a big were, deal for me. You were in the gutters for like several years there. I mean, oh yeah, you, I you were a frequent. Even, you were like a frequent I never last place playoff before yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So as I think I explained last time, I won't rehash it all, but yeah, it, it, it had become, it was sort of a recent thing for me to, to take it a little more, more seriously. And, uh, yeah, I just got, you know, I got real lucky. Uh, are you, I mean, are, are, how, like, do you feel, um, so you're not in any way relieved that the season is over. You're like chomping at the bit. You're still looking oh, at I'm, stats. I'm giddy. I'm giddy for the next season. Jesus, man. Oh my God. God <laughs> I mean, damn it. Take a break. You have a child. Go like, take a walk, take a hike, get some so Fresh air. Oh my God. I, I, yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, it's we're happy so, for you. It was really yeah. exciting to see you go on a run. And, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really, uh, I mean, yeah, you went after, just, dude, you attacked the waiver wire this year in the playoffs so hard. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so proud a, of you. I was, I was a beaver on the wire. <laughs> I'm so proud um, of, of, of the commitment that you put into it. I'm proud of, um, you know, the sleep that you lost. I'm proud of the relationships that you ruined, that you sabotaged. Yep. I'm, so I, many. I, you know, I can't. Path of destruction in my way. <laughs> I can't um, imagine that you got much accomplished at work. I, uh, no. I, you know, again. Several I, days I, I spent doing nothing at work except <laughs> staring at rosters and and uh and, and yeah grids grids of numbers i mean yeah. honestly like you deserve that like you deserve if that's if Thank that's you. what you're Thank gonna you. put into it like you deserve the crown you know if you're gonna potentially yeah. lose your job lose your marriage um, I risked ha- it all. Ha- have your family walk out on you. You know, like you really deserve I the really did. I, I, I gambled it all and uh You are truly it, it paid, fabulous. It paid off. You are truly Thank fabulous. You. Yeah. That means a lot. Um yeah. Like I said, I think last time we talked, it could be that next season my number one draft pick gets injured and hey. I have a shit team and I don't pay attention anymore. Um but, but for always, one year you'll always have this year. Yeah. I just you know, I took my shot and uh and I and I crushed it, frankly. You know, what, what am I gonna say? So Crop, uh, um I feel like one of the dominant like one of the dominant themes in our conversations throughout the playoffs 
well, not even just the playoffs, but it, it's like really come to the to the forefront since the playoffs have started. Has mm-hmm. your been obsession and your like undying, unapologetic love for one LeBron James? And yes. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about LeBron. So the the Cavs beat the Raptors, um, and and we'll we'll dissect we'll dissect that series like in in like a, a little bit, you know, in like some detail. But I want to talk great. specifically about LeBron. Um, yeah. You know, like he, he, uh, he's getting older. He's what, like mm-hmm. 33, 34, something 30, like that. 33 now, I believe. Yeah, it's his 15th year in the league. I think he played this year in more games than he ever has before. And he's played. He hit all 82. Yeah, he was playing like more minutes than he ever has in his whole, in his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, all of his, all of his stats, like per 36 minutes were on the rise and his efficiency mm-hmm. was up. Um, He's logging more minutes. He's off the charts with PER. I, I give me a thought or two on LeBron, like what it is about him at this point that you are just enamored with, attracted to, and do you think he can eclipse one Michael Jeffrey Jordan as the, um, as uh, the greatest player of all time? So I'm I'm going to try to avoid falling in yeah. several traps that sure. I feel like I've I've seen. Okay. So there's like there's two types of people that that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe you should be. The first type is um, the type that tr- that lectures at you, lectures everyone that you have to appreciate LeBron James. Right. Um, I don't want to be that guy. I don't right. want to, you know, tell you how to live your life. I don't want to, especially if you're like, you know, a, a diehard fan of like the Golden State Warriors or the Boston Celtics or God forbid the Toronto Raptors, like. I'm, I'm not going to be the one to be like, no, 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 this is history. You have to, you have to sit and, 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 and silently revere it, you know, and, and take it in. Listen, whatever. If you don't, if you want to be a LeBron hater, I used to be a LeBron hater. It's really fun. Um, yeah. like one of the, the greatest, uh, NBA finals viewing experiences of my entire life was the 2011 finals when that incredible Mavericks team defeated, yeah. um, you know, the, the the original super team, well, not the original super team, but the uh, you know, Miami Heat super team. Anyway, I used to hate LeBron, um, so I get it. Um, that and, may, that team know. may have been the most um, hated super team. Is that fair? That might oh, have, yeah. Like, yeah, of, of, of all they the teams, of all the teams that got together, whether it was, like, the Boston Celtics yeah. or, you know, like, the Lakers the other year, the year, uh, the year with Dwayne, I mean, with uh, Dwight Howard and Nash and Kobe, I have to believe no, that. No one liked that team. Like, the no. only, even, like, my, like, Miami Heat fans like them, but Miami Heat fans are terrible just, people to begin with. The, so, nature, like, the, the nature of the way that team was assembled with LeBron oh, going it. down there, then they did that whole, like, ceremony, and it just, yeah, it, it was, was so... It was so like shocking that he that he left, and then the way he handled it was kind of crass. The with the TV really special, was, the decision it was like an unintentional WWF stunt where yeah, totally. like he he like didn't was not intending like, to be an asshole. He but wasn't it came intending off. to become the bad guy, but he could not have done anything differently to become more of a bad guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, if he if he had tried, it and was I want to say, tell me if I'm wrong. He kind of needed to become the bad guy. It like. Yeah. I do I kind of, true. I think maybe like becoming the bad guy was a good thing for like it. Like, I don't know, man, he wasn't like the golden child anymore. Now he became right. this like angry LeBron and like angry, angry LeBron, like got a championship, got another championship and then came home as this like conquering hero who had like, yeah, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm projecting my own stuff onto that, but yeah, that makes sense. It was kind of like the first time because he, had, you know, he had he had lost before. He had faced adversity before and like lost in the finals and stuff. He'd never been like yeah, hated by exactly a fan, like like, like by he, huge. He grew up in Ohio and then went right to the Cavs and like was on yeah. the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. And you know, his high school games are broadcast on ESPN with St. Vincent St. Mary. And, um, you know, he, it was just like, he was the golden child, you know, like mm-hmm. not, a, anything he wanted, he got. And, uh, I don't know. I kind I kind of think that that heel turn was a good fun thing for him. Yeah. It was a necessary evolution, I think. Um, all right. So back to your, and, ba- back to your thesis about their, right. their people. So I don't want to, I don't want to lecture people. Um, and, but then I also don't want to be one of these, one of these people who I send them see online or, or in, you know, op-ed columns who say, Oh, it's it's silly to compare LeBron with Jordan. Don't do that. Just you know appreciate the two of them for who they are because they're different players. That's ridiculous. Okay, we're basketball fans. Uh, if you're at all a fan of of a sport, you like the yeah. number one question that you ever think of is like, well, who's the best of all time? Like it's the of most course. fun question. Of course. It's like there's lots of fun debates in sports, but the number one debate is who's the number one player. Yes. Um, so like to be like, Oh, you can't like, it's silly. Like, you know, Jordan was the greatest and, and to even try to compare, it's just a, you know, a foolish Aaron or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, come on. Like we're sports fans. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the fun of why you watch sports. So like, of course, like, yeah, I, th- I think it's like the most fun thing to think about. And so when you and, think when you think about that comparison of Jordan and LeBron, uh, yeah. without even tipping your hand about like which one is better or greater, or who, if LeBron could ever pass Jordan, mm-hmm. like what are the? Um, I don't know. Make a case. I don't mean make a case for LeBron being better than Jordan. Like, but what like, are what, my, what are my what, standards? Yeah, what are, like, like how, how, or just like, I, what are the things I mean, that like the jump decision? off the page? What are the things that jump off the page on LeBron? You know, like, well, like why is he even in a, the conversation? If LeBron is a top five player of all time, which I think we're we're in agreement at that, why is mm-hmm. it like why yeah. like what is it about him that's so like me, like captivating? Well, I mean, there's like obviously you can just like look at numbers and stuff. You can look at at just how dominant he's been you know you can compare mvp awards you can compare mm-hmm. you know obviously like every all the you know pro jordan people just point to the finals record six and oh versus whatever lebron is three and four at this point three and five at this point mm-hmm. uh in the finals um and um yeah so there's like all these these sort of like objective numbers based metrics that you can use um and i don't know though for me i i kind of feel like it's a much more intangible thing where um and maybe it's only because i've really been paying closer attention to basketball really like seriously only in the past year or so um before that i was always like yeah i I don't want to again as i explained in the last podcast i had like kind of an interesting history with the game and how much i paid attention to it and stuff um so there were years there where i was like kind of checked out and and missed some LeBron's like best seasons, I'm sure. Um, Not really, <laughs> but it was well. I mean, yeah, it was still like aware and stuff, and would always watch the playoffs. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I said, I always was sort of a pro Jordan guy who loved watching LeBron fail, so I could kind of be yeah. more secure in my pro Jordan argument as like a staunch old school '90s basketball yeah, because fan. It's like we want to, we we're nostalgic. Aren't, yeah, like you know that's the thing it's people. like i but just want like i want to cling i want to cling to my childhood and i don't yeah. want to believe that the that the superman that i saw in my childhood could ever be eclipsed yeah listen my favorite movies were the first movies that i watched exactly that's exactly all the, like it's always the best thing because uh, it's the first thing you ever experienced um and in our case i think 
we actually were watching the best of all time, um, which is pretty awesome. And um, yeah, it's like a really fun thing to be able to brag about, um, which makes sense why we all are, you know, Western people are so incredibly passionately devoted to, you know, the argument that, that Jordan can never be touched. Um, so I get that. Like I was totally all about that for the vast majority of my life. And then like, it's just sort of like the longer things go, the more like at some point I just yeah. sort of started turning where I was like, okay, like I can have that from my childhood mm-hmm. and be totally secure in that argument, but also start to like, kind of like get worn down, <laughs> like honestly, like get like emotionally and like mentally like beat down by this dude who just doesn't fucking stop dominating. Doesn't go away. I think that's probably like his strongest, uh, yeah. Like and quality? at a certain point, you're just like, like, like this is so impressive. Still, I have to, I have to give it up. But uh, honest, to, honestly, Ben, like that's like when I when you said like, oh, I may have missed like his best years when I was a little bit checked out on the league. The thing is, I don't even think that's true. Like he might be better now than he's ever yeah. been. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying I think that this postseason that we've been watching mm-hmm. so far is just, I, I mean, I uh, yeah, unbelievable. I can't imagine Un- anything. Be- and like, like in history, <laughs> just throw the stats out the window. Like I, I, I know that's a very simplistic thing of me to say and like listen listen like i am so pro analytics pro stats all that stuff i'm just saying on the naked with like with the eye test um he's still here he's like 33 34 years old he's playing his mind out he and 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 he's dude the thing that is so jordan-esque about him now that I, it, it's it's captivating. Like I, you have to watch it. Is like he sucks the will out of his opponents. Yeah, and yeah. and that is something that 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 is like Mike. That was the Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant yeah. characteristic. That was like the the DNA thing in their blood where it was like beyond any other skill they have dribbling shooting passing rebounding whatever it is it was like their competitive fire and their spirit they would suck yeah. the will out of their opponents it was that feeling of inevitability like you're oh, giving me dude. chills right now because when i think about that toronto series yeah, i look dude. at that and i'm like that's what jordan did to the knicks yes three years that's what jordan row, did to the jazz 1991 yeah. dude, 1992 yeah. and 1993 Every three straight time. playoffs yeah and it was just like well fuck and and now the same conversation that the, the raptors fans are having about oh what do we do with our team well, if LeBron leaves our fucking conference, maybe yeah. we'll have a shot. And Dude. that was the feeling I had. When Jordan retired, I rejoiced as I was like, <laughs> I oh my God, the Knicks have a shot now. And sure enough, they went to the finals the very next year. I know. So it's, it's like, like I, you want to like, put DeMar DeRozan and Lowry on the phone with like Ewing and Starks. there's only one player ever given you that feeling where it's like, the only shot we have is if this man leaves the game. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, dude. It was that thing. I mean, uh, was it, uh, yeah, Matt Hobby and Lustig. I was talking to the last couple of weeks when we were mm-hmm. t- breaking down this uh, Cavs Raptors series. It was like, it's the deer in the headlights thing, you know, with yeah. with those guys. It was They looked across the court and saw LeBron. They're like, oh, shit, it's that guy yeah. that's taken us out the last several years in the playoffs. We can't beat this guy. And even though he's on a shitty team, he knows it and we know it and everyone in this arena knows it. And it was just incredible. It's incredible to watch. Um, yeah. Just like yeah. him, like robbing these people of their soul. Yeah. And it's just the different ways he's done it. Like, in you know, the, the, the round one against the Pacers when he was just like, it was just ugly and difficult and he was like bleeding from his face in one game and his yep. team was playing like shit. And you were just like, my God, like, how is he still like doing? He was like, you know, just like playing so many minutes and it was, you know, he hadn't had a break really after the, uh, you know, the regular season. You're just like, yeah, he looks so gassed at the end of the game and yet still pulled it out. 
And then it was like, he just got a little recharged and suddenly like in round two, it's just like, Oh no, now, now I'm just going to fucking take over. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then it's just like the different game. Like obviously the game winners, which yep. is that two, no, three of two, two or three. I don't even, I can't even keep track. Uh, Oh, yeah. the buzzer like beater, you mean? Just, yeah, the buzzer beater game winners. I think that was um, game, it was definitely game two. Uh, yeah, well, you had one against the Pacers, too. Yeah, right? yeah, one against the Pacers. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you you, you lose track. Honestly, like, yeah. I, I feel like every time I watch the Cavs in this playoff series, it's like the, the same theme and story occurs, which is like, oh, these Cavs really suck. Uh, they oh really, really suck. Yeah. And then it's like, wait, it's the third quarter, and LeBron has that look in his eye and he's just going to put the whole team on his back. And then all of yeah. a sudden it's five minutes left in the fourth and they're either pulling away or LeBron is hitting a miracle shot at the buzzer to win. And it's like, why are we surprised? He does yeah. this every single time. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. I'm, I'm yeah. It's, I'm like, we're so I'm, lucky I'm finding to watch myself. It rooting for him so hard just because like yeah he's just won me over and yes. i just want to i don't know yeah um yeah. so it's i'm like i'm i feel blessed again i don't want to lecture anyone else i'm just happy that i have like the sort of natural organic feeling of actually wanting to see him succeed now yes because it is i mean it was really fun to watch him fail and now it's really fun to watch him succeed and I don't know, like I want him, I know it's not going to happen, but if he does make finals again, like God, like after this, after this yeah. playoffs, and I told you at the beginning of the playoffs before the first game was played on April 11th, um, I think we, we were texting and you were like, what do you want to see? And I was like, honestly, what I really want to see is what Jordan did in 93 when Barkley won the MVP award and Jordan Holy just shit. decided no, you're not the MVP. I'm the MVP and dominated Barkley in the finals. I'm going to embarrass you on the biggest stage. Yeah. (laughs) Again, this is like way, way, way more of a long shot than it was in 93. But if Harden wins MVP and LeBron's facing him in the finals, like, God damn. That would be so fun. That would be so fun. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah, dude. And it just makes you think like, I mean, look, LeBron, rightfully so, he's 34 years old, had to like scale it back during the regular season. But if he played like the way he played, I mean, a little bit, in not the, that much. I know, I know. But his team is so, like, his team was so ill prepared and, like, so ill equipped and poorly put together. Like, just imagine if he played this way, the way he's playing in the playoffs during the regular season. Like he would, he would win the, he would win the freaking MVP every year. You know, it would be oh, like yeah. the LeBron MVP every yeah. year because like this is no one plays like this. No one plays yeah. like this. Hey, Cross. Since we last talked, the Knicks hired a coach. Yes, um, yes, they did. Uh, we are fired up about this guy. They did indeed. The Knicks the have fizz. the Knicks have nobody beats the Fizz. <laughs> nobody beats the Fizz. Uh, the Knicks have average. Yet? No, that's just yours. You're on you're on Fizz yes. Island with that joke. Hell yeah. The Knicks have averaged 29 wins and finished no better than fifth worst in the NBA the last five years. Yeah. Um, we're turning it around, baby. And one man. we are psyched. They're changing it up by hiring David Fizdale. Um, it was a new day. Fizz says the risk reward was, I just said to hell with it. It's the Knicks. What are we talking about here? I think you either have to go after it or you're afraid, and I've never been afraid. So wow. we are uh, we're fired up about Fizz. He's going to bring the gritty toughness back to New York. That's the hope. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're fielding a football team on the hardwood, baby. I'm psyched, man. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he we 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 are hoping that he makes something of uh, Frank Nielakina, Emmanuel Mudiay, Trey Burke gets the three headed mm-hmm. uh, the three headed monster going with these Knicks yeah. point guards. Why not? 
sky's the limit, man. We could have three point guards on a, in a starting five lineup. Why not? Uh, this is modern. This is modern bas- positionless basketball. I don't care if you're a six foot two guy who can't rebound or <laughs> do anything else. <laughs> you're gonna be good. Uh, all right, so we're fired up for Fizz, right? Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, yeah. All right, hey, let's break down some of these. Uh, let's break down break down some of these playoff matchups. So, um, well, we just talked about Philly and Boston. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like we can do a quick snap, a quick snapshot on the series. I mean, it just dude, it felt like that confetti game was in game three where uh mm, mm-hmm. where what's his face marco bellinelli hit the uh the buzzer beater to put the game into overtime and then they shot the confetti thinking that they had won that just felt right. like pretty really moment. yeah it felt like a really like <laughs> like a sign of things to come and they just yeah. like were not ready for it but i don't know man like i mean listen the team made rookie mistakes and the confetti guy made confetti guy made mistakes the confetti guy made mistakes brett brown made mistakes gonna happen when it's your first time on the big stage i think i I think brett brown was out coached i mean like this is kind of a rare criticism for me like i'm not one to really harp on like coaches or whatever but brad stevens you know he's over there drawing up plays like it's fine art and brett brown Mm -hmm. has these guys (laughs) just kind of like weaving you know like heaving wild shots ill-advised shots i mean let's be let's be real that bellinelli shot in game three that put the game into overtime was like a chuck you know like it it was like a wild shot um and 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 philly you know they'll get better but they're young and inexperienced and they're turnover prone like we keep saying Mm -hmm. this and they were outplayed and boston is disciplined and they played over their heads and they're fun to watch yeah i mean al horford uh is is just I mean, I think this guy is like woefully underrated. You know, he's always out yeah. there making like the most crucial play and he's always out there making the smart play. And it's, you know, it's, it's so cliche, but he's like one of those guys that just doesn't show up in the box score. Like his, his stats he's what I like to call, he's a glue guy. Yeah. It's he just is. like, it's just his, his stats aren't eye popping, you know, like nothing about his, his stats, like jump off the page. But if you watch the game, it's undeniable. Like he has mm-hmm. an incredible effect. Also the, uh, the originator of, of my number one favorite uh running gag in the nba which is the the scared flinch every time a a free throw uh hits hits the rim so good so good Uh, if you don't know look up al warford flinch and uh treat yourself to some high comedy dude so we're moving on we're having uh Cavs celtics will be our eastern conference finals i think it's gonna be a lot of fun um I mean, without you know, without getting too far into the X's nose, do you have a hunch here which way this series is going? Do you have? You can, are you ready to pick a winner yet? I, I mean, I have to be. There's no yeah, way I'm, I, I, I can I mean, go against LeBron at this yeah, point. It's I think like, we're both picking LeBron. Yeah, how can you not? I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be. I think Boston's going to throw way more problems at them than, than Toronto ever did. I but I, I mean, here's the thing: LeBron's supporting cast like like figured it out against Toronto. That's true. Yeah. Love like, stepped I up. Think, Tristan Thompson yeah. stepped like, up. Love JR. is suddenly Corver. alive again. Corver is like so crucial. Like that dude. Yeah. Did you read a uh, Zach Lowe's article today about uh, Corver and love and like, no, the I way those, those dudes it's really good. Look it up. Yeah. It's like, the way they, they kind of like play off each other, they just kind of like run around and like set screens for each other and just do all sorts of like crazy shit. It's like super hard to defend. And it's like, like the other two guys on the court, like barely even matter if you got LeBron, Love, and Corver. Like they can just 
do all kinds of stuff that yeah. is like impossible to predict. Yeah. But yeah, they're good. I'm taking the Cavs. I'm taking the Cavs in uh, I don't know six or seven. Um, it just it feels like like LeBron and Boston are oh, they're always locking horns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and I just mm-hmm. I think that we're gonna have one more classic LeBron beating the team in Boston and going to the finals and just I mean it, it was made to be. It was just. Made you think to if, be it gets to, if it gets to if it gets to seven though in Boston? Because remember Boston's got home court. So you think he can win a game seven in Boston? I do. Yeah, wow. I, wow. I mean, I don't at this point. I don't LeBron. I don't doubt LeBron can do anything. I, I, yeah. I, I think he's he's Superman. Um, yeah. Like we will dive more. Yeah. We will dive more into this with X's and O's next week. But um, before we move over to the West, I want to talk like real quick about maybe what's next for the two teams that were eliminated. Um, maybe more so Toronto. I haven't really processed what's next for yeah. for the Seventy Sixers. But I mean, for the Raptors. It's crazy. I mean, Dwayne Casey just won the uh, the coach's choice for coach of the year, whatever you want to call that award. Yeah. Um, but it's, and he's on the chopping block. Yeah, it seems like basically he's <laughs> on the, he, he's on he the chopping block. He can win that block, award right? and lose his job next week. I mean, everything went the way it was supposed to for the Raptors in the regular season, and right. it just completely fell apart in the offseason. Yeah. And, you know, like – Dwayne Casey overhauled the the whole offensive scheme. You know, they moved into this motion offense and they kind of moved away from the uh, pick and roll stuff between DeMar and Lowry or they at least scaled it back. They were shooting the three ball more. They stretched out their roster. They had this deep bench with all these great young players. They really like innovated on the fly. It was really cool to watch. And then it's crazy, man. Like the playoffs and came then around it just and went away. It just all went away. So, I yeah. mean, I think like the big question for the Raptors in the offseason is like, what do you do with Dwayne Casey? Mm. And then the other thing is the roster. It's like they're kind of fucking capped out, man. The, the Raptors, yeah. they're on the books for $126 million in guaranteed salaries next year. They have Lowry signed to $31 million, Ibaka at $21 million, Norman Powell at $9 million, um, DeMar makes $27 million. Valanchunas makes 16 million. So, I mean, that's like, those would be the guys you would try to move. One of those hefty yeah. salaries. And it's like, I don't really know who, like who, who are you shipping out? Like, like what team is signing up for another few more years of Serge Ibaka? Well, so like last summer, they, they like doubled. Cause we had this, you know, everyone had the same conversation last year when, right. uh, when LeBron swept them right. and they basically made the decision to like, triple down yes. and and do it again yes. and here's the thing like i think their their gm uh whose name is getting, but yeah he basically said like we're we're yeah. when when they did all those uh signings and stuff he's like we're doing this to give ourselves a three-year window yeah 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 so guess what like we know we, we know what's happening a, yeah you got a three-year window yeah you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't do it you can't do one year of that three-year window and then say oh no, never mind no, yeah just kidding like so we're so fucked. they can't they can't do fucked. anything okay they great. can well here's the thing i think and i mean it's so easy for me to say like oh yeah just do it again and just get through an entire regular season and get back to playoffs with your entire roster healthy and uh you know not totally mentally and emotionally drained and just try it again um because it's really hard i think uh <laughs> to um, you know, be be an NBA team and get to the playoffs, especially to be like a number one seed. But like, I sort of think that they like that's their only choice, and they gotta yeah. just keep developing their young guys. And yeah. I mean, they could 
I guess, you know, like the other option is like to try to trade one of DeRozan or Lowry. Um, it's like, what are you going to trade them for? It's, it, whatever yeah. they trade for, it's not like you're getting something better. You know, like, yeah. like all you're, you're not doing getting is better. cap relief. I, I mean, that's yeah. like the big thing you're really acquiring is cap right. relief. But in a way, I sort of feel like they could still improve because they do have some really good young guys. Uh, OG Ananobi had a mm-hmm. great rookie season. You know, Van Vliet and Van Wright Vliet. are both young. Hurdles, I think, is going to be awesome. Um, yeah. So, like, like that's why it's almost like maybe the only right decision is to fire Dwayne Casey and just try to mix it up and get some new energy from the top and just try to hope that your young guys grow and maybe Ananobi kind of steps up as, like, a third guy. Maybe, like, Siakam improves some part yeah. of his game. And, you know, like, it's kind of like... Maybe those young guys take on more responsibility, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. there's like some sort of transition where I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's where definitely not taking I mean, on more of the work. It, but that's all they that's kind of what they set themselves up for. Like that's all you can really do. Yeah. Um and so, you know, hey, like they're still gonna be a great team. I don't I still think they might have a shot if LeBron goes west or um, you know, obviously like then you got Boston and Philly to contend with and like you know, I don't know if Toronto even this year was better than either of those two teams, but um, uh, yeah, but dude, you didn't just they almost kind of lose to the Wizards? Yeah, I mean, well, or didn't they have al- t- they almost? Om- <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying it was they that, that clo- close. It wasn't that close, but, yeah. but wasn't it yeah, like closer? Run- wasn't it closer than it should have been for a one seed versus an eight seed? And yeah. granted, I know it's an embarrassment that the wizards were an eighth seed because the wizards have like a much more talented team than like an eighth seeded team. But I just, I feel like there are some genetic flaws in that Toronto uh, roster. And it's really weird to say like like psychological uh, or something. I don't, I I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. And it's also weird to me that like almost like a rule of thumb in the NBA now is you can't have your two best players be your point guard and shooting guard. Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't it be, like, advantageous to have, like, a killer backcourt combo? Yeah. And and yet, well, I mean, I guess other than Houston, <laughs> that, right. that's the one exception. But, uh, but it's sort of like, you know, these other teams, like, you know, Portland and Washington and Toronto, like, it just doesn't work. Like, you need, you need more. Yeah, you need that I mean, stretchy, you need that, like, stretchy, bigger guy who can shoot mm-hmm. outside, you know, who plays mm-hmm. the, the four and a half to five position and then pair him with the uh with like a combo guard yeah yeah curious i mean i'm, I'm very curious what's going to happen up in toronto so um let's, yeah. let's over to the, head over to the west we got the rockets playing the warriors now so the utah jazz and the pelicans were both eliminated um the rockets beat the jazz four to one the golden state warriors beat the new orleans pelicans four to one and um you know i mean let's be real like all in all it was kind of a boring uh, second round in the West. Like we, yeah, I mean, it, it was, was it, it, it was a great first round. We had all this hope, and then, you know, the Golden. I mean, um, New Orleans and Utah. They both had their moments where they put up a fight, but right. like Houston, as Golden I, State said, has uh, felt inevitable. Yeah, as you said to Javi the other episode, like everyone just kind of came back down to earth. It yeah, was back like, to reality. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we had a great time, but now it, it turns out like the inevitable is it's is upon us. In. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Rockets have home court advantage in the West, and they are believe it or not, they are still the underdog heading into the series against the Golden I, State Warriors. The defending. I do teams. believe that actually. You do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Rockets opened up at plus one fifty five, meaning that if you bet a hundred dollars that the Rockets will win the series 
you will get $155 on top of your bet. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a series. It's a matchup between the two best offenses in the NBA, which I guess that that's exciting. Uh, the Warriors were averaging 113 points. The Rockets were averaging 112. So, I mean, I guess, what are you expecting here? Uh, just a bunch of shooting both ways, I guess, right? I mean, I'm super excited to watch this series because I am curious to know, like, just how good Golden State can be. Yeah. Um, like, it's it's fun to feel like, like this team hasn't even begun to be tested yet. And, like, this is, if they're ever going to have a test, like, I think even between now and the finals like it's it's gonna be the series and like i think it could be it could be pretty tight like i think that houston is you know they got the tools they got like a lot of they got the system in place like they got the personnel like i think that they like if anyone can push the warriors and make them feel uncomfortable it's this team yeah i don't know in a way i want to see a good series but if golden state just like destroys them in four or five games like it'll be in a way like that'll that'll almost be kind of fun to watch too because well no it won't be fun to watch to be clear i kind of fucking hate the warriors and i want to see them fail um but also you know there's like a little bit of like that thing where you want to see like greatness great history blah 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 um i find both of these teams to be honest with you kind of unlikable but um, oh yeah so so i have i have a serious question for you who do you hate more the warriors or the rockets (laughs) that's a really great question yeah it's really tough for me i will say stylistically i find the rockets really difficult to watch like they're just to me they're boring (laughs) to me they're boring and they're they're kind of like i I mean i feel like an asshole but like they're kind of jerks they just seem like oh they're total jerks they're just like like they're big babies like i mean they're all don't get me wrong they're all great players but like chris paul seems like Man, I wouldn't want to play basketball with this guy. He seems like just like kind of a jerk. Like he'd be mean to me all the time. Like if I missed a shot, which I would miss a lot of them, he would be like always yelling at me. And like Paul's reputation is like so completely earned. Yeah, uh, in in my view, like yeah. And Harden and Harden's game, like God bless, like he's gonna win the MVP or whatever. But it's so predicated on him, like um, getting fouled and or like 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 getting these like faux fouls. Yeah. Like half of the time, you feel like you're just watching someone like lean into somebody and pretend to try to shoot. Um, yeah. So they can go you're to the watching foul line. like yeah, like this like tactical like so, calculating jerk like yes. like foul hunt and yes. um and then oh and by the way his signature like devastating move is a travel. He oh right, every yes, time. totally. Yeah, but that's yes. okay. I guess yes. we can't call a travel on every play. So, so stylistically, I really hate the Rockets, but the yeah. problem with the Warriors is. <laughs> personality yeah just like they all seem like assholes too (laughs) you know what i mean like a beautiful brand of basketball oh it's a it's a stunning it's a stunning brand of basketball without a doubt yeah um it's just i don't know like how how can you root for draymond green i mean like i get it like if he was a nick like i would love him draymond's actually the one i can root for the most yes like I mean, clearly he, he seems like a huge jerk. And like, who who is the biggest jerk in your estimation on the Warriors? Then I'm curious. well, he's not a he's not a jerk. I know that's okay. almost why I hate him. It's yes. fucking Steph Curry. Curry. He, he just play, he's just like this little like annoying Twerp. kid who's like yeah. so happy and smiley and like he's just like oh he plays the game with so much joy, doesn't he? And like he's just so I know. goddamn annoying. He, re- like, he reminds like he pisses me off because like. 
for all those reasons you just said, but it's the, it's like he's this twerpy kid that takes half court shots. It's like, dude, yeah. stop taking half court shots. Like, I get <laughs> yeah. it. They go in forty percent of the time, so you're gonna keep taking them because so it's because it's like yeah. statistically smart. Them stop in your face. being an asshole. Like, yeah. don't take a half court shot because like he's just, like the dude. If I'm like playing against him, I just like like grab the ball and like chuck it into the stands and walk out of the gym. Totally. Like, fuck this. Fuck this. this totally. Is not fun. Totally. It's like, not fun. It's not fun. Like yeah. I, I like grab the ball and I like boot it as far as I can. I totally, I'm right there. Honestly, <laughs> dude, I am so in on LeBron. Fuck these guys. I want LeBron to yeah, beat the Warriors dude. or the Rockets. Uh, I want them to beat these jerky twerps. Really He's so smiley with this yeah. little like fucking you know yeah. mouth guard hanging out all the time. Yeah, dude, I feel like chewing he's, his little I, like, like binky. Yeah, like somehow like every every time the camera like cuts to him, he's like turning towards the camera and smiling like he's expecting to like like he, he like it's almost <laughs> like he plays to the camera in a way. <laughs> I know, and like uh, uh, he does like his little like celebrations and stuff. I like, know. And listen, if you have a cool celebration, like I'm all for it. Like I love like the color and the vi- and the fun of the league. Like you know, like 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 listening to the like, dudes like scream after dunks and stuff is like awesome. But like when you like shoot like a forty foot three and then like do like a little shimmy dance, like get out, I don't want to see that. Yeah, just like don't get out of my face. Yeah, it's not a good face. look. It's not a good yeah. look. It's not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's one of those things. I hope when he's like in his like forties or fifties, he watches the tape back and he's like, "Ugh, that's uh, yeah. that's really embarrassing." Why didn't someone wow, tell me yeah. that, that that it, that it yeah. looked like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, it feels so good when he's doing it. Like clearly, yeah. it's almost like he can't control it. It's like someone but... is taking like selfies like uncontrollably, and yeah. then like someone eventually, someone's gotta go over to him and be like, "Step, like, be settle like, it down. Look at your camera. Look down. at your camera roll right now, dude. Like yeah. it's all just photos of yourself. Like this is not okay." <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me a little of um uh of like Nate Robinson who you know used yes. to be a Nick and he like but when he would like celebrate like he would celebrate way too hard. He yeah. was like shit dude like calm down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, what's next for the Jazz and the Pelicans? Just give me a quick thought. I know uh, we're running running short on time here, but quick thought on the Jazz and the Pelicans offseason stuff. Uh, well, I mean, it I seems mean, like for the Pelicans, the big question is DeMarcus, right? I mean, did, yeah, did, did they sign him? Of course, right. I mean, gosh, that's tough. Like, I guess they can, you know, now they have, obviously, like with the injury, a little more leverage to sign him to, like, not the Supermax contract, right? Like, they can maybe get him on like, a two-year deal. Yeah, Is that maybe. what I understand? I mean, I, I think they aren't required to pay him that Supermax contract, right? Mm-hmm. But... um you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's free agency. So it's all about like whoever your competition is. If someone offers him a four-year contract, I mean, he's going to go where he gets paid. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious from a fit perspective, if New Orleans is looking to bring him back because they had so much success with Anthony Davis playing the five, Miritich at the four. Um, Yeah. With Miritich's like ascendance, you'd be inclined to just say like, you know, I I mean, yeah, if we could get him on like, you know, a good one or two year deal or, you know, I guess it would have to be two cause he's probably not going to play most of the next season. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. And, and I mean, that's even like, even without the injury, like it's still, I mean, you know, I don't know how much you want to like saddle your, cause if he comes back at full strength, is that team yeah. a finals contender? Probably not like maybe, but probably not going to get, like I don't know. I can't well, think about I, the I series. Think about the series they just played against the Warriors. If Demarcus yeah. Cousins is on the team, is maybe it, they get one is more it, game. Yeah, is it how, exactly. It's like how much yeah. more competitive is it? I'd say yeah, yeah, maybe they get one more game. And you know what? Like, if you could take the defending champs to six games, 
you know, that that's that's a pretty good year. The other thing sure. is like we're putting a lot of faith in Nikola Mirotic. And and mm. and I hope it holds up and they ripped off 20 wins out of their last 28 heading into the playoffs and they you know they finished the year with as the 6 seed and they had this incredible run where they swept the Portland Trailblazers and et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. you know this is a small sample size and it is, this is it a guy is. who's like very inconsistent with the Bulls and so I would advocate like hey great keep Mirtich in the mix keep him like he's going to be an integral part of the team whatever whatever but I don't know. Boogie Cousins seems like a really special talent, and especially if he's like committed to being a good soldier and like mm. playing. So you say bring Boogie back? I'd bring Boogie back. I bring Boogie mm. back, and uh, you know if it doesn't work, you can try to trade him. I don't. I, I mean, I know much easier said than done, but it just yeah. seems like I don't know. Cousins allows Davis to stretch out in a way that he he wasn't able to during his career you know like when when cousins is playing with anthony davis cousins plays that it's that like four out one in and cousins cousins is playing in the paints and everyone else is out on the perimeter and you know it's it's just means more touches for anthony davis at the elbow shooting jump shots and driving to the rim and as opposed to just getting bullied bullied down low so yeah and i do kind of suspect that like as incredible as Anthony Davis was without him, like that's not sustainable. Like, no, like Anthony yeah. Davis can't, he's, he, he just doesn't, I don't, I don't also, think he's, he's brittle. He's, he's like, yeah, like, let's, let's be real. Like he's been, I don't think he can be a LeBron. Career. No. Yeah. And just carry a team for an entire, you know, three year stretch or whatever. Like, like the way he was like, that's just, that was like so superhuman and you just it can't you, you can just tell like as you're watching like there's no way this could last <laughs> yeah what about the jazz it seems like um so they have a couple free oh, also, agents wait, real yeah, quick yeah. question uh just uh one more on the pelicans what's the status of our uh our favorite player in the league ronda is he a free agent yeah he's a free agent yeah i mean i guess you're gonna do you gotta bring rajon back right like you gotta <laughs> i mean this is really special so. i mean it was really special what he did <laughs> it was else. pretty special yeah even though he had like some real bad stretches though, during, like you know, memories are short. Like he wasn't good for a lot of this year. No, he was no, he was bad. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. bad. <laughs> As um, you know, since you had him on your fantasy, dude, he got benched. Yeah, I mean, there were like moments where I was thinking about like, oh, do I drop him now? Like, does this yeah. mean like they've benched him? Does that mean that he's like done, done? <laughs> like he's not a part of the rotation anymore? And like two nights right. later, he had like twenty five assists did he, in a game. Did he or really something. piss off another another franchise in his career? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah of course he did. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think you got to bring Rondo back, and uh, it seems like he had some good chemistry there with uh, Drew Holiday. So yeah, that's true. What about the Jazz? It seems um, like they're big off season. Uh, Run it back, baby. Run it back. Yeah, yeah. They got to make a decision here, I guess, on Derek Favors, who's a free agent. Um, kind of decide whether he and Gobert can play together. Yeah, I guess probably got a. Uh, I would probably be a little little wary of trying to get him back on a, on a big contract. And so, yeah, it seems I mean, like that was a pretty major liability, the two of them together. Yeah, it seems like the big thing with 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 uh, Favors is just like, well, how much money are we talking about? You know, if yeah. it's if it's a contract that is, like, fair for the Jazz, I, would, I think I would advocate doing it because, you know, to be honest, they didn't always play so great together, but towards the end they started figuring it out. Um, I think uh, Utah was... 15 and I read Utah was 15 and five when favors scored more than 15 points and they were 13 and six when he grabbed double digit rebounds. And yeah. All right. yeah so, I mean, he definitely gives that team like a, a, 
like a toughness and an edge that they don't really have that much. I mean, obviously with Gobert, but like he would always like yeah, the be the guy is, like really Gobert crashing is... offensive boards and stuff. Yeah, the thing is, uh, uh, like Anthony Davis, Gobert is injury prone. Like, ha- yeah. like how many times has he been hurt? And and Favors has been like the de facto like backup center, you know. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see what happens there. The other, the other one is uh, Dante Exum. He's a restricted free agent this summer. Um, got to get him back. He looked awesome before yeah. he got, went down with that injury. Defensive specialist, and yeah, uh, yeah. So we hope he comes back. Um, let me throw one gambling thing at you. Uh, I mean, there are fewer and fewer teams to to even think about here, but uh, series outcome: Warriors versus the Rockets. We have the Warriors at minus two hundred meaning you have to mm. bet 200 bucks for to get a $100 payoff for them right. to win the series rockets plus 163. I don't think I really want any part of that. <laughs> you don't want part of either. Okay, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. I think um, I'm good on that. All right. So. Let me throw uh can I give you a little piece of Nick's trivia then I'm going to let you hop off? Yeah, sure. All right. David Fisdale. David Fisdale is the Wait, can we talk a little bit more about the Fisdale? I don't want to keep yeah. too much longer, but Yeah. The the presser was pretty great. I mean, oh, dude, what were yeah. what were your what were some of your favorite lines there cuz From the presser? Yeah. Um I just loved uh, like you know me. I'm such a softie. I'm so sentimental like as soon as he was talking about um like he told his mom he was always going to get to the garden one day. Mhm. And He called it the Mecca. He referred the Mecca. to it as the Mecca. Yeah, he referred I, to really it as the Mecca. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that he, Mills, and Scott Perry had, like, a really great chemistry on stage. The way they were talking, yeah. it was like, oh, these guys are friends. Like, yeah, it seemed they like, were, like they were, slapping each other's knees and stuff. Yeah, it like, seemed like they yeah. hired one of their friends to be yeah, the coach. Totally. Which is like, hey, I'm on board. Because, like, it, it means if one of them is getting fired, they're all getting fired. So yeah. it's like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, they're going, this is their guy. They want to, like, they're prepared to, like, fail with this guy which means they really believe in him so yeah. um I'm, i, I mean just, that's the thing like i hope like if nothing else i just like want to see this dude be the coach for like three yes. years like that's just give me like i don't want to see this guy like because they're gonna suck next year they're probably gonna suck the year after that yeah like we know that like don't get fucking impatient and just be like oh i guess that didn't work let's try something new like midway through you know year year two or three like give it time he got a four-year deal like it's yeah it does feel like he just yeah like i don't know i want to i want to see what happens i want to ride it out with this guy yeah i mean the the thing with him i'm just like you know me like i'm i'm just excited to have defense back at the garden you know, that's like, right. That's right. I mean, and that's his bread and butter. And he just kept harping on defense, like the whole press conference. He was talking about Nilakina. He's like, this kid takes real pride in his defense. He's got big time wingspan. He's a combo guard. I think he can play both ways. We're going to work on his shooting, help him get his yeah. feet settled down. He's going to start hitting the three pointer. I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do with Porzingis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like have him be a rim protector get him like in the open floor and uh, get him away from the basket and then defending the rim. Um, so he's not like banging with these big burly centers and I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the I garden. Found it, yeah. I found it interesting that he, that he personally called out Emmanuel Moutier. I know. <laughs> conference. I found it a little <laughs> concerning, but like, I was going to say like, what, were you, what was your read on that? Was that the appropriate thing to do? To, Cause his exact words were, <laughs> I believe his exact words were, we're going to get you right. Yeah, so... <laughs> Which is like, uh, so isn't that kind of like... It a makes little the guy sound like he has like 
a disease or a problem <laughs> yeah. or something like a real like so like, yeah oh, for the audience listening uh all the knicks players or not all some of the knicks players were at his press conferences and he was like oh what's up moody yeah man we're gonna we're gonna get you right we're gonna get you fixed and yeah. it's like <laughs> shit man like yeah. also like just, do you want to the public was not aware emmanuel moody i'm not, not sure good. i'm not sure currently emmanuel, not right i'm not sure emmanuel moody is the guy i want to like plant my flag in either <laughs> like when i look back on my press conference was, like, was there was there a camera on Moutier's face and then no. like i want to i want to see his reaction when when <laughs> it just like goes totally white yeah yeah oh so good so good yeah yeah i'm fired up man he was the guy i wanted all along um, yeah 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 that's day. right you were high on him from the beginning yeah 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 all right so here's my trivia question for you david right, fisdale david fisdale is the knicks 11th coach since 2001 mm-hmm. they've yeah. had don cheney herb williams twice Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenny Wilkins, Larry Brown, Isaiah Thomas, Mike D'Antoni, Mike Woodson, Derek Fisher, Kurt Rambis, and Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. Who of these coaches had the lowest winning percentage? Was it A, Larry Brown? Ooh, wow, this is tough. B, Derek Fisher. C, Lenny Wilkins. D, Kurt Rambis. Or E, Don Chaney. Larry wow. Larry Brown, Derek is... Fisher, Lenny Wilkins, Kurt Rambis, or Don Chaney. Uh, I mean, they all were really bad. I, I can wow. tell you that right now. I mean, this is, yeah, this is pretty much a shot in the dark. But I'm going to say, what was the first one? Larry Brown. Larry Brown. You said Larry Brown. Derek Fisher, Lenny Wilkins, Kurt Rambis, or Don Chaney. Uh, I'm going to say Derek Fisher. Oh, no, it was Larry Brown, 2005, 2006. Ah. Dude, he went 23 and 59 for a percentage of 280. Oh, God. He was going to be my my next choice. I was like, Larry Brown was such a good choice. He must have had a disastrous run. Man, he was such a hot mess. That whole team, man. Oh, him and Dolan, the whole thing with his contract. Larry Brown, and he was hired, what, like, two years after like winning a championship with the pistons and he just three yeah man and then he just like flamed out like it like it was such a disaster and then he never i don't he never got another nba job after that right he just (laughs) he went to college ball and was coaching at smu yeah he's like fuck this i'm done with the sport (laughs) all right craw thanks for hopping on the pod man i much appreciate it as always thank you for having me yeah what a blast and uh we'll uh we'll talk sometime later in the playoffs Wow. All right. All right, buddy. Let's, uh, let's talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye. All right. That was a conversation with Ben Craw. Ben, thanks so much for uh, staying up late and talking to me. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at onthelinepod underscore pod. I'm on Instagram at onthelinepod. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And I will talk to you next week.